is your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. I didn't think I'd start the show singing, but I guess I am going to sing a little bit today. Philanthropy and focus. That's not actually my song. I just made that up right here on the fly. I am your friend, your boy, your buddy, your pal, the nonprofit sector connector. And every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I have two missions, two objectives, two initiatives. Well, maybe three. I don't know. It might be a lot of object. Let's just say this. I have two things I need to do when I, the first thing is I bring my friend who's a leader of a nonprofit organization on the show. So I guess that's the first, maybe it's three things. And then with that person together, we navigate a conversation to do these things, to help tell the story of this incredible organization that I have on each week. And, and today is certainly an incredible organization that we're going to talk about. And the second piece is to help them amplify their message. And I have a friend here, Linda Beagle Schulman with me. We're going to have her in this conversation momentarily. And I, um, I'm, I'm touched by this story, incredibly touched. I, I'm, I don't get nervous a lot. I'm, I'm anxious and nervous about this today because honestly, Linda, just come off mute when you get a second, but it's because I want to I want to make Linda proud about this conversation we're going to have. And that's my bigger concern today. So I am a little anxious, but the the thing is to amplify the message about what this organization is doing, what this organization stands for and the impact that this organization is looking to make. So philanthropy and focus was an idea. It was a thing I walked around for a couple of years. I said, I'm going to have a radio show and I'm going to interview leaders of nonprofit organizations. And I talked about that for a year and a half, maybe two years. In January of last year, 21, I started the show. And every single Friday, I get this incredible opportunity to meet with a leader of a nonprofit organization. I tell you this, if you've hung around with me in, in the real life or the virtual life or, or you're finding this video or podcast somewhere, you've heard me say before, and I'll just say it again in case you haven't, nonprofits change our world every single day. They make the impact the leaders of nonprofits and their teams are the ones who change the world and serve people who need the services. We don't have to spend too much time on it today because we got a lot to cover today, but I need you to plug into your local nonprofits. Get out there, do a day of service if it's appropriate. Shout out to Girls Inc. of Long Island. I'm doing a day of service with them on Monday. All right, I'm going to be packing some bags for swag bags. I love that word swag, but I'm going to be packing some swag bags for their upcoming event. Uh, they're helping girls become strong, smart, and bold. And in fact, Girls Inc. of Long Island is our adopted nonprofit here at talkradio.nyc for a calendar year uh, 22. So that's a special organization. Shout out to Renee Flagler and her team doing incredible work for the girls on Long Island. Um, I appreciate you, Renee, your friendship and inviting me to be part of uh, what will actually turn out to be day number 32, hashtag 60 days of service. So what am I telling you all? It's not, you don't have to do 60 days. You don't have to do six days. Find a nonprofit that's important to you get involved, make an impact, and do what you can to help out. So let's, without further ado, Linda Beagle Shulman. I, I want to call you a friend. I swear, I can't wait to hug you when I meet you in real life. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, and I was reading about you more and more, and I feel myself welling up already, but just the work you're doing, the advocate you've become, everything you're doing, um, I was like, I got to know this lady better. I got to be her friend, and I want to support you. And I, I go to look at my calendar at June 13th, to put the event you have coming up June 14th June 14th what did I say 13th June 14th whatever the date is I was looking at your website and I looked at my calendar and I go to put it in my calendar and guess what it was already there on my calendar so so June 14th we will talk about that later in the show I gotta say two things um thank you for being here 
well, maybe three things. I don't know how to count today. Uh, <laughs> the first thing is thanks for being here. The second is welcome to my show. And the third is welcome to my attic. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much for becoming part of Team Beagle and a friend. Because anybody who's part of Team Beagle is there from their heart. And after the conversations we've had over Zoom, I know, I know you're there with your heart. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're just getting warmed up with that as far as that goes, because I want to bring in my network, my people to connect with you and, and really support you. And I just wrote it down, Team Beagle. I love that. That's great. That's, that is so special. So, all right, let's, let's really get into kind of the meat of this conversation. And um, February 14th, 2018. Okay. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. There's an active shooter situation. And your son, Scott J. Beagle, was as the words you used, and I've now, I use this word, I used, I, I would say killed, but the word is murdered. He was murdered that day. You and I were just talking right before the show in the green room, the virtual green room, that is, and I said, we, we talked about how much of the story, where do we start? And we, and we started to say, you know, that these things, is the word, I don't know, overlooked, it might be the right word, or... It, we become, we hear these things, it's a shooting, we see it on the live news, and then, it, and then you know, a day later, it's, it's on to the next news cycle. So how do you find out that your son was murdered? You know, Tommy, it's a common occurrence today, and we hear about it. And um, if I may, let me tell you what it's really like to be the person who lives through it and loses a loved one. Um, it was Wednesday, February 14, 2018. It was really early morning. Um, my husband wasn't feeling well, as a matter of fact. And I said to him, I'll take you to the doctor, but I'm not going in because I'm not getting sick. Not nice, but that's what I said. Anyway, long story short, I did. I took him to the doctor. I took him home. He had the flu and I went to work. Um, I got a phone call in my office from my husband saying, um, Linda, what, what is the name of the school that Scott teaches at? And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, Mike, it's, it's, it's a school with a lot of names. And I said, you know, I'm going back to work. I'll talk to you later. He called me back uh, a, a couple of minutes later. And he said, Linda, the name of the school is Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And you need to come home because there's been a shooting at the school. And I'm a denial person. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not coming home. Scott is okay. It's really not a problem. You know, I'll come home if I have to. But you, you know what? It, 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 everything will be okay. I got a call two minutes later and he said to me, you need to come home now. And so I got into the car, I got home. And the reason that he was so insistent was he had just heard on the radio that a geography teacher had been shot and he did not want me to hear it over the, you know, sometimes I keep the news on in the corner of my um, computer. So as I was driving home, I heard a geography teacher and cross country coach had been shot at that point. At that point, you know? No, I don't know anything because there's no way in the world that my son isn't still alive. Right. There's no, it, not, it, I'm sure he's at a hospital. He's somewhere. There's no way he's not alive. So we got home. And when we got home, um, Michael had already gone to every airline he could. We couldn't get a, a flight down there. There was some big PGA tournament going on. So we didn't care whatever it took because I knew my, my son was in the hospital. I knew I had to get to him. And... Um, we chartered a plane. 
we got down there. Um, we were we went straight to the Marriott where they had a command center, and we waited there with hundreds of people who did not know anything about where our loved ones were. Are you able to, at that point, either before you get to the airport to get down to Florida, or is there is there somewhere you're calling the school? I mean, is that just a, that's the first thing I would think that's where you call, but the school can't deal with anybody. Nobody, right? nobody, Tommy would tell you anything come to find out today, today, they already had known, okay, by five o'clock what was going on. But that's today, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. They took us to the Marriott, we waited there, we got there about a quarter to nine. And we waited there until 10 minutes to two in the morning, before someone came, called us, us by name, told us that we needed to follow them, we followed them, we went into this huge room, there was, um, a semicircle with us on one side and on the other side, there were um, um, law enforcement. And one of the law enforcement, um, one of them was a woman. She bent over and she said, you know, your son was really a hero. There's no doubt about the fact that your son was a hero. And then two officers over said, but he didn't make it. I don't know. I, 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 I could tell you the story. I just, I actually, I got up. I, I really, it was hard to believe. I got up. I went to the back of that room. There was a garbage pail and I actually threw my guts up. And um, that's really how we found out. And um, there are just no words. So today when the news is on and you hear about another shooting whether it's a mass shooting or you wake up in the morning and somebody got shot, you know, because they were rolling a stroller and the baby in the stroller got grazed or shot. I mean, it just all comes back. And at this point where I am, 1,529 days later, okay, all I want to do when I hear when I when I hear about it or I actually see see the people, the family that have just found out. I really, I just want to go. I want to go. I want to hug them. I want to tell them I know how it feels. I mean, it doesn't get better. Uh, it, it just doesn't. And so I could go on and on. So I apologize. No, don't, you shouldn't apologize. And, 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 you know, you and I contemplated how we would start because right. of this, but, and, but I think we agreed. We, I know we did. We just agreed on this before we started the show that that this needed to be told this way, because it needed to be. We needed to bring out the pain for people, and not not for you, but for for other people, um, so they're aware of what this is, and they're aware that this is not something that's just in the news cycle for twelve, twenty four, thirty eight, thirty six, whatever hours, and then we move on to the next story people's lives are affected by this so when i talked to you recently and i'm just going to say this show is all about just what's real when i talked to you earlier this week we said um we talked about gun safety right we talked about gun control this is not i'm just going to say words We, we this is not a political thing and we'll talk about you know just this town hall that you had just this week on tuesday well what you told me was Tommy, we're going to have this set up. We're, we're going to work on doing these things so your children are not in danger. So your children don't have to have 
an active shooter drill. So you're right. This is the stuff we're trying to solve. So on this show, what happens a lot of times is I get cranky and I get pissed off. I don't usually curse on the show, but I get pissed off. And some people don't, that's not really even a curse, Tommy, but I, I, and this is one of those times. And it's like, we need to address this. We need to talk about this. So there's a couple different ways somebody can go when this happens, when the loss of a child period point blank, there's, there's different directions that someone can go. It takes me by storm all the time when I meet with people like you who run organizations and say, you know what? I'm not going to stick my head in the sand. I'm not going to put my head in the pillow and, and I'm going to make impact. I'm going to change things. We have two minutes before we go to a quick break. What I want to say is in those early days or when do you make this decision where you go, it's, you know, uh, uh, was it Robert Frost, two roads, right? There's this one road, Linda just moves on with her life and doesn't become a public figure. And then there's this other road where you become an incredible advocate. Before we go to break, tell me about how do you make that decision? I made that decision at Scott's funeral when I got up to speak. Um, a lot of people got up to speak about Scott. And I decided to answer. Um, I decided to answer a letter I had gotten from Scott the day before. When I sent Scott to camp, um, Scott went to camp from the age of seven, and he went through thirty-five. He actually went into teaching so he could continue to go back to camp year after year because you can't quit your job, go to camp, and then pick up a new job. So the only thing that held Scott back from wanting to go to camp when he was seven was he had to write letters and he didn't want to write letters home. So at seven years old, I taught my son how to cheat. And I, I get, I actually bought him this. I have it. I brought him this, this lunchbox and I filled this lunchbox with um, letters that were just bubble letters. All you had to do, here's actually, I'll explain later after the break, but here's actually one of the letters. All you had to do was check off the boxes. Camp is great having a good time you know not so good the food is great multiple, multiple choice right uh-huh right. a multiple choice so we did that i gave him return address labels we labeled the the letters mommy send him home with a stamp all he had to do i said to him all you have to do is sign your name fold it this way so on the outside of the envelope they see that you wrote your name so you wrote a letter he did that um about two weeks before the murder I went down to Florida, I visited my family, and I said to Scott, I found this lunchbox, the one I just showed, I found this lunchbox, we left, and I gave it to him, and inside was still the, the um, unwritten bubble letters, so on and so forth. The day before, February 13th, day before Valentine's Day, I got this letter in the mail. Scott had actually taken the letter with the address mommy on it, with the camp label, a new stamp, obviously, and um, he had filled in, he did not do the bubbles. He actually filled in the words. Scott was really sarcastic. You know, how, you know, how are the kids? They're, you know, mini versions of adults. I mean, he was just, that was Scott. I called him up to tell him, um, I called him up to tell him, oh my God, this is great. This is more than you've ever written to me in all the years at camp. You know, he was 35. We laughed and I said, don't forget to call your sister Mark because it's her birthday because my daughter was born on Valentine's Day and my son murdered Okay. And, um, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I love you. Okay. So the next day happened. I still had my letter. And so at his funeral, I answered the letter. I wrote a letter back to Scott 
And I decided at that moment, I would never mourn my son's death, but I would celebrate his life. And that is exactly what I will continue to do. Thank you for that. Thank, and, and, and I think we are going to go to a quick break, but I think inspired, you know, celebrate someone's life. Take that, you know, take that away, everybody. We'll talk more about that when we come back. This show is philanthropy focused. Linda, thank you. Thank you for being here. We got three more segments of this stuff to go. So, so uh, stay tuned, everybody. Check in on Facebook, uh, Talking Alternative Broadcasting, um, if you want to see what we're talking about. See us and see the lunchbox. We'll see the lunchbox again. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. I love that song. It usually makes me smile, but I'm in a different emotional state right now. Linda is with me, Linda Beagle Shulman. And um, just for anybody, we've never had this actually happen on the show before, but folks are actually trying to check in to watch the show here on the live feed where we're doing the show. So if you can hear me, uh, go to Facebook, Talking Alternative Broadcasting, or go to talkradio.nyc, and that's how you can listen to the show. Uh, if you're here in the waiting room, we can't let you into this room where we're doing the show because we're doing the show live. So I will try to I try to get you some word out there, um, and we will try to get you that information again. Um, Linda, celebrate his life. My friend, my co-host Valerie Heffron from um, from the Professionals and Animal Lovers show says your son was a hero and gone too soon, how can we honor him in the best possible way? How can we do that? How, 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 how can those of us in Valerie's of Long Island or like me, um, how can we honor Scott in the best possible way? 
Well, we started um, the Scott J. Beagle Memorial Fund. And the way the Scott J. Beagle Memorial Fund got started was, like I said, Scott loved camp. He went to camp from the age of seven to 35. He'd still be going. Um, he started as the youngest camper at camp and he worked his way up. He might, one of the happiest days of my life was when he became a, a CIT, a counselor in training. I didn't have to pay for camp anymore. That was you know, uh, ching. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he kept going and worked his way up to actually, um, you know, running the boys, part of the boys side of camp. He loved camp. Camp is where Scott to, got to be himself. He, he, he just could leave the world behind and he got to be whoever he wanted to be. And um, I did not even know all of the amazing accolades that I've been getting. I did not even know that Scott just was that much of a person to so many people. And Scott being so humble and private, I don't think he had a clue of how, what kind of an impact he had on people. He loved to, he loved to, um, to mentor children, um, when Scott, when Scott got his job, when Scott got his job at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, they said, you know, we have the geography teacher position open. We'd like to give you, and we'd also like to like you to be um, cross country coach. He said, of course, no problem. Call me up on the phone after he got the job. And when he said, mom, I got the job. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Nobody gives you the job on the spot, but that was his humor. No, no, mom, I really got the job. He said, and guess what? I said, what? He said, I'm going to be cross country coach. And I took a breath and I said, what do you know about cross country? He said, nothing. So what are you going to do? He said, mom, I'm going to tell the kids that I don't know anything about cross country teaching. If they teach me, I'll teach them about life. I, you know, look, I read the ESPN article that came out, um, you know, after this tragedy. And um, it's like, there's like some anecdotal stories from the kids. And they're like, we knew he didn't really know anything. And like, and and like, oh my, how funny is that? And there was one little note there um, where it said, if uh, if you're if you're out of breath and you're gonna fall down, take somebody else with you. Right. <laughs> like, like that was what Scott's answer was. Like I don't know if they teach that in cross country one hundred and one, but like I, you know, what a great sense of humor, right? Um, and and it was another cute thing in that article too, and said, um, you know, you had to know him, like you like kids saying that, like, and it was like the funny part, like tongue in cheek, was like young high school kids saying you had to know him, like like you know, not that high school kids aren't there yet, but that was just a very so so he gets the gig though he he gets it and um he gets it and he loves his cross country he loved the kids he said they're so dedicated anybody who's going to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to a meet or do something or you know who wants to to get out of bed right Right. he's gonna get out of bed and go do another thing called running i don't understand it not me man but he he's very funny um his team was uh they were, were competing to go to state and they lost by a couple, I, I think a couple of points, because they do it by points, a couple of points to get to that point. And they went over to him, a couple of kids went over to him and coach, what do we have to do? What more can we do? And he looked at them and he said, just run faster. <laughs> and that literally is on every sleeve of everything that we do, you know, for, for our is that on, like all the Is that like a, like a, a, a moniker, a logo, like on the logo, just run faster? On the sleeve is just run faster. On all the patches, it says just run faster. But like yeah. as, as, as funny as that is, I mean, he had great advice there. What are you, what are you guys asking for? What what do you what information do you want from this man? He, you're not running fast enough. <laughs> you gave you the basics. What Nike tell us? Just do it. Like just just do it. Just do it. Right. So, is that the camp camp Starlight? Is that the camp you went to? 
Yes, he did. He he did go to Camp Starlight. He, he did, but um, that's not one of the camps that that we are working with these days. So tell me about the camps. Tell me about the experience for these young people. Tell me how you select the young people to go to these camps and like what what was that genesis? You, you say I'm gonna I'm not gonna mourn Scott. I'm gonna celebrate his life, and then that then this comes into this whole the Scott J Beagle Memorial Fund, but it also as I said earlier, Linda, you become this, this advocate and I'll go through, I have some stuff in notes here that I can read, but what is that, the genesis of, of the organization too? Like, how do you say, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go help these kids who are uh, underserved and, and in areas of, of that they, they see and experience gun violence. Well, what happened was Scott went and he volunteered in South Africa for a couple of months. He volunteered to teach in South Africa. And when he came back, he had gone with two suitcases. And when he came back, picked him up at the airport, there were no suitcases. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe the airlines lost your suitcases after all of this. He said, no, mom. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, over here where we are, kids pray for snow days. Over there, they're banging on the bars, begging to get into school. He said, over there here, the kids are all worried about if they have the new style Nikes over there, they're happy to have shoes. He said, I left my suitcases. They needed all the stuff I had in my suitcases. And at, all of these stories led me to say that, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to start a fund. We're going to start something in Scott's honor, a legacy, that we're going to help um, underserved, at-risk children because Scott was the big, you know, cheerleader for the underdog we're we're going to make sure that we can do something in his honor to help these children so what we decided was we would have we would send them to camp I mean what was better Scott loved camp that's where Scott got to you know feel safe and feel free so we were going to send children to camp and then we decided that we'd add the caveat touched by gun violence but at the time 1529 days ago okay I didn't even realize that here we would be today. Who hasn't been touched by gun violence? I mean, you don't have to be shot to be touched by gun violence. So we decided we'd send at-risk children touched by gun violence to sleepaway camp. I did not really have a clue of how to do any of this. I was at, I was at a, um, a, a dinner. Um, I was at a, a dinner one night for, um, at the time, Governor Cuomo, and sitting next to me was this man, Jay Jacobs, who I had no idea who he was. Apparently everybody knows I had no idea. And he saw my wristband and he said to me, and he, he knew the story. And he said to me, you know, what are you doing? And I told him, I'm, I have the Scott J. Beagle Memorial Fund. He said, well, what are you doing? I told him, he said, how are you going to do it? And I looked at him and I said, I have no idea. He actually took me by the hand. He said to me, speak to so-and-so, make an appointment to see me next week. And we'll talk about it. And that was it. That was the stepping point for me. He introduced me to um, her name's Molly Gallagher. She is the um, she's actually the president. She runs Scope. Scope Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. Um, she put me in touch. She put me onto my computer. Put me in touch with all sorts of different camps, um, non for profit camps. I got to read all about it. And I, at the first year, I chose three camps, three different types of camps to send children to. Um, we had a run for Beagle, well, right after, right after the murder, 
um, the cross country team had a run for Beagle in Parkland. And we decided that that would be a great fundraiser going forward. So we had a run for Beagle in Long Island and we had a remembering Scott, um, which I'll talk about later, but remembering Scott came about because Scott's two very, very close friends, his probably his best friend, Jason, and his other amazing friend, John, his best friends were at the run and they, they were at a run with me and um, said to me, what are we going to do um, every year in June before we go up to work at camp? We all get come to New York and we all get together for that week. She, he said, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're going to still do that. And they looked at me and I said, we're going to still do that. You know what? We're going to do something we're going to call Remembering Scott. And it flourished. So the first year um, through those, we sent 54 children to summer sleepaway camp between three camps. The second year we had COVID. um, But what we did the second year, what we did the second year is we um, partnered with Camp Fiverr, one of our camps. We gave them a $25,000 grant and we we got to make, um, they were, we made packages and we sent them out to like 400 of the children who would have gone to camp and we did virtual camp with them, which was amazing. Camp at home. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And those kids who did camp at home for the first time thought that was great. But when they went this past summer, they couldn't believe it. This past summer, we sent 165 children to summer sleepaway camp, we um, we gave grants of two hundred seventeen thousand six hundred dollars, and this was all. You know, you asked me about my advocacy. It just, how can you not advocate for gun safety? And maybe maybe I'm really in my own little world when it comes for that. I am not asking to take anyone's guns away. That is not what I'm doing. I I don't believe in that. I I know there's a Second Amendment right. The the problem is. People take that right and they they stretch it from well, they, nowhere. Use another bad word. They're bastardizing something. Okay. And again, you're right. And I'm just I'm really naughty today. I can feel it. But the thing is this: we got to take a quick break. But you're 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 not advocating to take people's guns away. No. You're advocating for people to not be murdered for for no reasons. And if people couldn't get access to guns as easily as they can. All right, I'm going to get myself in trouble. We got to point. Yeah. Even gun owners believe in gun safety. Which I want to talk about when we come back. I want to talk about the town hall that you had because you okay. were just we because you told me specifically before we started the show that there was some both sides of the aisle and there were yeah. people who are gun owners who are for what we're talking about. All right, shout out to a couple people. Greg Levine over at Mercury. Greg, if you didn't reach out to me and say you need to meet Linda Beagle Shulman, this doesn't happen. Michael Shulman, I know you've been we've done some emails and a whole bunch of stuff, so thank you for all your help making this happen. Shout out to Molly Gallagher. I don't even know who you are, but thank you for obviously the story you've done through the relationships here. We are going to take a quick break. We still got time to get into this stuff. So we're all good. Linda Beagle Showman. The show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I'm called Tommy D. We'll be right back. Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Static. Enjoy me in the attic. All right. So Mick Collins always checking in, my good buddy, and he says this on Facebook. I believe you can support the Second Amendment and support safety measures at the same time. Yes, Mick. That's what we're saying. And while while I'm talking to Mick and you, Linda, we got a little something we got to talk about here because I understand that in your household with Scott, there was a bunch of Yankee fans. And then fortunately, Michael Shulman comes into the picture to be the voice of reason. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. I'm heading out to City Field this afternoon and go on a tour with some of my kids. To, we went to opening day last week. The Metsies look incredible. I will leave the Yankees out of this conversation for now. But my buddy Mick Collins was named after the Mick, Mickey Mantle. So, you know, I guess he's a Yankee fan too. But um, <laughs> I figured we'd look a little bit of of levity into this conversation for a minute, you know, that old Mets Yankees battle. Tell me about this town hall that happened last week, because this week, in fact, on Tuesday, I was out of town. I know I was invited by your husband, Michael. What was that about? Because what, just tell me the story. Let me just stop asking questions. Take it away, Linda, please. It was really amazing. Um, Originally I was just going to be on a panel with two people talking about gun safety. And um, I said, I knew, I actually knew of two other people I thought I would love to have on a panel. And I said, how about if we invite two other people and the snowball and the ball kept rolling down the hill, you know, gathering speed. And, and I said, and we ended up where I said, you know what, the Scott J. Beagle Memorial Fund would love to host this because we have to be very careful, we, you know, because we're non-for-profit, a 501c3, and we can't be political, but this wasn't political. And I knew if I hosted it, I could keep it not political. And you that's how you, you had to, you had to protect the, the SJBMF, right? Like that's. But, but not only that, I honestly believe if it's not political, we can have a discussion. And when it's political, you have a debate. I did not want to debate. Let's say I that again. Say that for me again, because I think like, that whole that sentence there. For me, if you have it, if if it's not political, you have a discussion. The minute it becomes political, it's a debate. Right. I don't want to debate gun safety. There's nothing to debate. 
So what I did was I invited Scott Papalardo, who's a very good friend of mine, and anybody who wants to should look up Scott Papalardo, go online. He has a YouTube of what he did with his AR-15. Let me tell you how I met him. Um, I actually, I was doing, I was at a vigil in, in Huntington right after the murder, and this man tapped me on the shoulder, and he said to me, I own an AR-15, and I swung around and my eyeballs must have really like he said no no I owned past tense I said okay and we spoke and um I I actually looked up his YouTube so on and so forth I still have it on my computer I will never take it off my computer you must see that it's really amazing anyway he is a registered Republican he owns guns and he is one of the biggest gun safety advocate there is because up until today, every time I have met a gun, gun owner, okay, every time if I've spoken or whatever, and they come up afterwards, we have a conversation. They too want people to, to um, be reasonable, they responsible, reasonable gun owners. They too want people to pass background checks. They too, they don't want to be villainized. They agree. And you know what? If you ask anybody, a gun owner, not a gun owner, do you want to be safe? Nobody answers me no. So obviously we have something in common. Yeah. The other person I asked was his Dr. Um, Chafin Satya. He is a pediatric trauma surgeon in Northwell. He, he started with Michael Dowling. He started a whole program for gun safety and it's all um, intertwined into, um, into the health organization. So that's pretty amazing. It also has been um, really by my side with everything I've done, always been there to support us, uh, the, gun, the Scott J. Beagle Memorial Fund. I asked him if he would come join us. And we were there. Um, we had about 30 people. Everybody was engaged. I introduced them. It was the first time I ever hosted. What, was it, set, set it up for me. Was it a panel? Yes. What happened was I moderated. Okay. There were three people sitting. In, uh, it was on a stage, believe it or not, three people sitting in front of Mike's. I introduced them, they spoke, each one, then I opened it up to questions and discussion. For, for the first 10 seconds, there were crickets, but right after that, everybody jumped in and started asking questions. It was supposed to only go for an hour and at about, it went probably 45 minutes later and I had to cut it off. Wow. The discussions were amazing. The people um, in the audience, um, the, their interaction, we had, we had, everybody had different, it was coming from different places and in life, but we all agreed to, to the one thing. We need to keep our voices heard. The only way, the only way that anything gets done is because we talk. Granted, we can elect our officials. We, we, we can elect, you know, elect the people. We, we, I tell everybody, listen to what they have to say. Don't just go, okay, all Republican, all Democrat. Listen to what they have to say. Listen to what they believe in. I mean, I, I'll throw one out. I mean, there, there was a Republican without names. There's a Republican in Suffolk County who called me up when we did the Scott J. Beagle Unfinished Receiver Act, getting rid of ghost guns. That's another, that's a total topic. And he called me up and he said to me, I believe in what you're doing. I thought he was calling me up to yell at me. Yeah. Okay. He called me up. I believe in what you're doing. Yada, yada, yada. He said, I would like to co-sponsor. Wow. I mean, re as far as, and but I know I'm off breaking. No, let me just interrupt for one second, because you're breaking what we are being told. You're, we're being told that it's these two parties knocking heads, and they're in these echo chambers, and they got to you know, 
party line, wah, 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 like nonsense. Like you're, you're telling me in real life that people are saying, this is not, this is bigger than politics. This is not, this is bigger than party. I, I mean, this to me, I gotta be honest. I, 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 I'm feeling enlightened by this, but I'm feeling like, wow, I'm, I'm, this is a refreshing conversation versus I'm on the blue or I'm on the red and that's it. You know, like I, this is this how do you continue that conversation so they go up to albany they go down to dc they do their thing and they're you know how do we locally influence that the, the conversation you're having you call it a town hall I, I i'm drawn to the the fireside chat i remember somebody told me a while back about like jeffersonian dinners you know like what about the how do we keep these topics and i think about it you know different uh, but st still on the advocacy side, I was just with with my co-host on the other show we do here, Professionals and Animal Lover Show, Valerie, who I mentioned earlier today. And we're doing a lot in the animal advocacy world. And a lot of this stuff starts grassroots. So how does this happen, Linda? How do we make an impact from what you did Tuesday, right? Like, you know, the, the term set the meeting, set the next meeting from this meeting. Like how, what, what exactly, what, ex, what's the next step? I'm wow. I'm, I'm jumping on myself here. I'm so excited. Where do we go from here? How do you move to the next step? Well, I, all the people there, we, we, they talked to, listen, we beat the, we beat the tobacco industry. We did. We beat the, not, not the politicians. We, we, the people beat we the it. people. We, the people beat the, the tobacco when, I mean, I'm old, so I never in my life would think that you couldn't smoke, smoke in public. I mean, come on. That was just like, that would be amazing. I, but, I the, but the bottom line is we kept our voices heard. We got statistics. We showed everybody you had, and we talked and we talked and we, you know, we were lucky enough to have things put on TV, but we kept talking and it's the public. It's the we, I mean, it's not me. It's we that keep, and the people who were there, we said the same thing. We said, you, you're here tonight, have a conversation, go out of here and have a conversation. You know, Tommy, we always hear, you know, we, we can't talk politics at the dinner table. This isn't politics. No, it's not. No. It's not politics. It's not politics. And, and again, Valerie, I love you for checking in. Valerie says, just like animal welfare, it's not a left or right issue. It's a right or wrong issue. That's what this is. Talk to me, Linda, because we're going to, we, we always run out of time on this show. The red flag law. Oh. Can we touch on it a little bit? Sure. Tell me about if, it. If the red flag law would have been, if, if there would have been a red flag law in Florida, on February 13th, 17 people would still be alive today and the 17 wounded would not be wounded. The red flag law, everybody in, in Parkland knew about, well, we called him the active shooter. We don't give him a name because we don't give him notoriety, but now I'm gonna call him the murderer because he confessed and he's a murderer. The mur they knew all about him. Um, they, they knew he was problematic. One, one of the teachers, when we had the run for Beagle in Florida, came up to me and said, I had him in my class two years in a row. They were going to give him to me again. And I told him I would resign my position. Okay. Um, the FBI the knew. Young man needed help. Help. He needed help. And so what happens is with the red flag law, um, the um, law enforcement um, is called in to take out the weapons, if there are weapons in the house, to take them out, okay, and to, um, and the person who is red flagged is able to go in front of the judge, okay, he can go, he or she can go with 
a um, with um, counsel, and um, the judge determines whether or not this person is should have those weapons. It can be law enforcement that goes in. Um, um, it could be. Um, educators, it could be family members. Nobody can just say, okay, Tommy's got guns, he's crazy, we'll go into his house and take him out. That has to be due cause. Right. But there are flags. That's why it's called the red flag. There are flags that go up. Right. I think right now there are 19 states, New York definitely being one of them, and I, there could be more as of today, that have red flag laws. That needs to be done federally. Just like we had gov um, President Biden do a regulation on ghost guns, okay? The, there's a regulation that he just did last week on ghost guns. There has to be, it should be legislation, not just a regulation. Now, now there has to be that. something for red flag law. There yeah. must be. All right. So we, we will, we're going to do, I have another show in my mind that I've created and it hasn't even happened yet, but this show didn't exist when it first started either. I created it. So it's good. It, it's going to be these important conversations that we're talking about that we need to go in more depth on. So we're, you and me are going to do a lot of cool stuff together. What I want to, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, I want you to tell us about, you were de just down at the White House, so I want to hear about that. Super exciting. I mean, as I look at this bio or, or CV, what you've done in the last three years, both on the on the state level and, and on the federal level, and all these politicians that you got to meet, you're on CNN with Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon, and I, I not only CNN, you know, News 12 here on Long Island, all over the map, spreading this, this word and, and this important conversation. What I want to know when we come back is tell me about the White House. I My thing about the White House, I was down there a couple of years ago. I didn't get to go in. It seems kind of small from the outside. Like, I, I guess in my mind, I thought it was much bigger. Hold your thought on that because you were inside. But when we come back, the White House piece, and then we want to talk about what's upcoming for this organization and what you need and who you need to connect with, okay? Great. All right, we'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus, Linda Beagle, Shulman, and Tommy D. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. 
Welcome back to Philanthropy in Focus. Did you know I was going to sing, Linda? Did you know that was going to happen today? Um, I guessed it from this morning. <laughs> All right. We're back. All right. So this is sort of like the, if I, I always wanted to be a game show host, and this would be considered the lightning round. So we got to get in. Tell me about what it was like to be down at the White House. Have you been there before? I have. I mean, it was my second time. Um, I was in the Rose Garden uh, a year ago when um, President Biden announced um, his initiatives for um, gun safety. And then I actually was honored to invited and honored to meet the president when he came to New York. Um, I believe it was this past uh, February. He came to New York and um, I got to meet him. I actually brought the picture of Scott. Um, and he, when would they name, they give him his name. He says, I know Linda and Michael. He came in, he took the picture. He said, can I hold Scott's picture? And I said, of course, we took a picture. And he bent over and he said to me, he said, you know, Linda, today's Bo's birthday. It's like, well, so what do you say? And I never say, I'm sorry. I, I, I Cause you just on, on my side, when somebody says, I'm sorry, you don't know what to say. Yeah. So he talked, we talked about Melissa's birthday and Scott's murder and so on and so forth. And then when I got an, in, I got the invitation um, actually, the actual invitation that the president would like the honor of your presence um, at the White House. And when we, when we went to the White House just now, um, we were invited there. I, I believe um, it had a lot to do with ghost guns because when I saw the president in February, you know, we chatted for a bit, and then I said to him, I said to him, I said, we real, I said, this is common sense. We need to get this done. It's just total common sense because that's I, I can't get past that. It's common sense. Basically, and I said to him, I said, you know, um, President Biden, everything has serial numbers. Your phone has a serial number, your your um, your hair dryer, your washer and dryer, your telephone has a serial number. I mean, tell me something that doesn't have a serial number. Even food cans have numbers on them. And he said to me, I said, we have to do something. He said, you need to keep speaking. He said, and we will get this done. Let, let me interrupt oh. you one second. What, what, I mean, you're talking to me, just chatting with me, like, and- are you able to just talk to, hey, Joe, here, I mean, you said President Biden, but like, are you just chatting it up with him just like that? Is there, I feel like as much as I'm never at a loss for words, that might be the moment. Forget party. That's the president. I, are you taken aback at all? Or you're just like, you're you know right. what it is, Tommy? He is so kind and caring with his mask on, very scary. He looks like my father and he has mannerisms like my father. So, and my whole, my family sees, sees it as well. And so being with him, I mean, he take, we were told by the secret service, don't, don't go to shake his hand. Don't do this. He takes my hand. I mean, he is such a warm kind and he gets it. And so when you're with him, you me, I'll speak to my, when I'm with him, I'm not nervous. He makes me so comfortable. When I went this last time, when I just saw him last week, um, we went into the Oval Office, which is really teeny. You guys think the Oval Office, it's small. Yeah. We went into the Oval Office. He gave me a big hug. He took me around to where he has the vestibule with all of the pictures of his family. And he showed me, you know, his, you know, his, his late daughter, his late wife. And he took the picture of, of his son. And he said to me, my son and your son are similar. He said, my son saved lives. Your son saved lives. They did not have to do that. They chose to do that. And I looked at him and I thanked him. Basically, I said, thank you. Thank you so much because the regu- the ghost gun regulation that he enacted was amazing. And let me tell you something. He said he was going to do it and he did it. I mean, he did it. Forget 
Democrat, Republican. We have a president who's a human being, who's so kind-hearted and so caring. Oh my God. What, thank you for, what a great share. Thank you for all of this today. But the, the, just to know, I'm so, and I listen to a lot of, a lot of things that are non-news related to try and, you know, improve my own mindset on things. And I, I just feel if we could get away from all that blue versus red thing, like I said earlier, it, it we're just freaking people like trying to make this place a better place and be more compassionate and, and help each other. So we, because we are going to run out of time, I want to make sure we cover what's upcoming for this organization. So we know we have some events. Actually, it was last week you had the run for Beagle down in, that was the Florida. Right. In, right. In Florida, right? We, had, we had like 970 plus runners. It was unbelievable. It really was. And you know what the best part of it is? Everybody who ran, everybody, no matter where they were from there, knew why they were running and knows a story. And that's my big thing. My big thing is anybody who donates, and anybody who who supports us, I want them to know why. Don't just throw money at me, although I want your money. But I want you to understand why, because that's important to me. Well, it's because then they're because why. then they are changed in that experience, and that's why I do a lot what I do with volunteering and I bring my kids on this stuff because I want them to see. So you're actually changed by this, not just the fact that you know you move zeros and ones from one account to another account, right? Dollars, whatever. But it's now it's like. That's the impact. That's what's going on. So what kind of run is that? Is it a long run? Is it a, a little run? Like, is well, it, it was, it was a run. It was, um, we actually, it started as a 5k. We had a 5k, a 10k and a one mile fun run, but I would love to tell you about what's coming up. Please. I'm very excited. About Let's it. do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, June 14th um, is going to be um, remembering Scott. We have that every year. We have it June that one week between when the kids, you know, get off of school and they start going to camp. And this year it's going to be, it's called Carnivagus because when, when Scott was, um, when, when Scott was 30, I, I actually wrote him a birthday card and I said to him, you know, life is in thirds. Cause I believe it 30, 60. And after that, your first third up to 30 is kind of like a test. Your second third is like, you can fix what you didn't like the first third. You got to work on it. And then the last third may not be easy street, but you should be able to relax a little bit because you've already done the first three. And I asked Scott, what are the favorite things? What are the three favorite things? And he said to me, mom, my bar mitzvah was one. I almost fell over backwards because I tortured him. You're going to Hebrew school. You're going to learn this. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was torturous. Anyway, the reason we're doing Carna Vegas was the theme in Scott's bar mitzvah was Carna Vegas. We did carnival in vegas more carnival than vegas because of the kids but it was the kids and the adults together this come upcoming um remembering scott is carna vegas we have we we're going to have crap tables we're going to have roulette tables we're going to have blackjack tables we're going to have carnival games it's going to be interactive because fundraisers are usually hafters oh god we have to go to another fundraiser i'm telling you this hafta is everybody's going to leave as a wanna i'm I'm telling you, go to um, rememberingscott.org and look it up. I promise you a night of fun. And I know, Tommy, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there, and, I, and I'm kind of fun, too. But I just shared it. I'm looking around on all my monitors because I just shared it on um, on Facebook. So it's actually uh, at Old Westbury Golf and Country Club. And uh, you're looking for sponsors, obviously, and you're looking for people to come out and have a good time, right? Yes. Uh, 
honorees wise, we're going to run out of time here quickly, but I want to say uh, Michael Dowling, Mr. Dowling from, from Northwell here on Long Island will be one of the honorees. And a quote that I'm pulling right off of the website, rememberingscout.com. This is from Michael Dowling. No single entity can tackle this public health crisis alone. Gun violence is our collective challenge to address. Through this collaborative, we will listen to, learn from, and work with each other to identify and develop effective interventions that will ultimately save the lives of the communities we serve. And that's we, what it's all about. We, we don't have time to go into Mr. Dowling's whole story. Maybe one day, Michael, if you're listening, maybe we'd love to have you on Philanthropy and Focus one day. Northwell is a nonprofit organization, uh, so we could have you on the show one day. That that I just have to check with the board, and I am the board, so that's okay. So we'll work out the details on that. Uh, Linda, we are at time right now. I, I just... I love doing this show every week, but I, I feel extra energized with, with your energy and the connection we have today. I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, Michael Shulman, your husband, for being behind the scenes and helping put this all together. Shout out to Greg Levine. Anything you want to leave these folks with before we head out? Just, you know what? Let's keep our voices heard and let's make sure we get this done. I know we can beat the NRA. I'm positive, okay? We need to, we, we all have the right to be safe and we all have the right to live without fear. And we all have to make sure that we have those rights and it's our voices that are going to do it. And anybody who needs my help in anything, when it comes to this, please just get in touch with me. I would be willing to help you in any way I can. So we, so no other mother ever has to go through what I have gone through and continue to go through. Tommy, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I, right back at you. I, I, I feel like I know you for a little while, but I feel like I know you forever. I, I can't wait to see you in person. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for checking in next week. I want you to check in again because I'm here every single Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Mary Chiametta will be here from the CTC Wellness Foundation. Don't stall, just call. Really a focus on educating young people about the problem drinking that goes on, binge drinking and things like that. Unfortunately, she and her family lost her son to an alcohol-related death, and um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the impact and how we can make a change. That's all we do here is help amplify the message for these organizations and tell their story. I will see you next Friday. Linda, I will see you hopefully sooner than June. But Absolutely. Make it a great day, everybody. Dylan, thanks for doing a great job on the operational side of things. Take care, everybody. Bye. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 